and this is the very first uh, recording edition, whatever you want to call it, of the Odium Podium, uh, as long as we do keep that name to be determined, of course, we'll figure that out. Uh, it is three of us doing this. This is a new thing. This is I want this to be specifically as like unprepared sounding, that it's just like, uh, yeah, so we're here. <laughs> Very good, Abe. <laughs> uh, but my name is Abe. Uh, the three of us, me, Abe, and then we have Peter. Peter. And then we have Prescott. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> and uh, yeah, the Odium Podium. That's what we're sticking with at this point, unless that one random uh, YouTube channel says otherwise. Uh, so, our topics are going to be basically just different things, talking about uh, different forms of leisure because odium or otium o- whatever is latin for leisure we've done our research and figured like that would be neat and it was like oh Latin's odium cool. and then you said podium and it was like the odium podium uh, <laughs> rhyming that's li- <laughs> literally <laughs> the conversation <laughs> so, we are uh, intellects <laughs> but yeah we're going to cover basic topics talking about just Stuff that we enjoy, stuff that ever, a lot of people enjoy. Board games, video games, movies, D&D. Food, food potentially, probably. <laughs> it, it'll come up. Considering how much we argued today about food uh, at work, uh, you and me, Prescott, um, because I don't have a, I haven't sold my soul to Chick-fil-A. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I think no. You were more upset about the cut. Chick Fil A is like comparing apples to oranges. It does. It's not. But either way, you were more upset about the cobbler statement. Which we have already discussed food (laughs) before we talked about games. (laughs) But anyway, the topic for today uh, we're looking at board games. That was the topic of this uh, episode, Uh, and more specifically, uh, the classics. Uh, what are the classics and why are they of course the best because they're the classics but they're also the worst because they're the classics so i i think that first of all we should uh, clarify what we're saying when we say classics what we're talking about is i would say pre-german uh the german game revolution which kind of started with settlers of Catan. um because there's several categories of board games, but we're kind of we're looking at things prior to D and D. Basically, we're talking pre 1960s oh. specifically. Well, Catan came right out now. Nineties five. Ninety five. Yeah. Yes. See, because I was looking the way I was looking at it. Basically, yes. Uh, I was looking at it more of based off of dates. More so than like periods and stuff, like because uh, best example for my reasoning uh, is Taboo a classic? <clears throat> Which Taboo came out in 1989 is when that came out, and I I my mindset is music that came out in 1989, like rock music, is classic rock still in 1989. Okay, that was my thought process for that but i mean i would definitely say that part of a classic is how much it has permeated culture yes, i would yeah, say that... music kind of dissolves into culture and people much quicker than board games do generally speaking yeah and taboo is kind of a a, a spin on a idea you know 
are we talking about board games? I, I almost wouldn't call Taboo a board game. It's a party game. It's sort of a different classification. But is it? Yes. Because I, I, once again, I was thinking more of board game as the overall structure of we sit down and play this game. Okay. Like, so would you consider Uno a board game with that logic? Yeah. Not a card game? Yes. Oh, okay. Like I, that, my thought was like, I just I mean, kind of the whole yeah. overall structure I mean, of yes, it's a, I it's understand a what you mean, though. I totally understand what you mean. Because then it's like, well, because then you could go weird and be like, oh, well, Jackbox is a board game. It's like, no, it's not. It's not a board <laughs> that's, game. That's fair. And that's another topic for another day is yes. the Jackbox and what that is and how that is <laughs> of a game. But, yeah, because then, because there are a lot of games that, in the classic, and in the classic thing, there are, like, there are games that came out in the 60s and stuff that I've never heard of before. And yeah. no one remembers it. Unless you live during that time period, then you remember it. But then there's other games like Monopoly and scrabble and other older games that have been out for a long time and those are the ones that are more considered scrabble released uh i don't know i I own a retro quote-unquote uh (laughs) copy of scrabble um that means something i don't know i think it's just they make the board uh more stained i guess (laughs) of course (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) make it the same color as like treasure maps or something uh When did the game come out? Scrabble, Wikipedia. The idea of redesigning and retheming. 1938. Ah. Publication date. 1938? Yeah. Holy mackerel. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. Classic game. Um, Yeah. This is... So, yeah. The the board game genre as we know it, it, like when we think of board games today, many of us will think of uh, Catan, will think of... Um, the those type of more complicated world type games where they create a world that mm-hmm. you live in and play in, um, right? Whereas when I thought of uh, classic games, I kind of thought of the games that were outside of. It, they didn't really take place in a world they they were just there you know chess chess it doesn't build right. a world yeah you know, even monopoly it doesn't really build a world so it's that, just that a was, bunch that of was places one, and locations that was my one thought in that in that train of thought was well technically monopoly is buying and selling property that doesn't exist but the, they do exist. <laughs> well, actually, all of it exists. All of those locations <laughs> existed. I'm going to live in Chessland. <laughs> um, all, all of the locations in Monopoly, yes, they existed. But uh, Monopoly is a whole can of worms that we should open later. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so. Now, I see what you mean. Now, what about life? Because that I also consider a classic board game. Absolutely. Yeah. It's okay. Um, I mean that that one is um that is one of the American the American I, games. That game has been continually played through multiple generations. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a classic. Whether or not you like uh, it, it's a classic. Also when you look up uh, the game of life okay. it's something different. Um Game of Life came out in eighteen sixty. 
Civil War people were like, you know what we need is a game. I, I think that that would be considered a classic. <laughs> yeah, probably. Oh, also, the, my favorite thing that I found, and of course this is just ripped from uh, BoardGameGeek.com because I really like that website. Um, they speculate that Tic-Tac-Toe came out around 1200 B.C., is when tic-tac-toe originated i'd love to see that document <laughs> um well okay the original go, tic-tac-toe go started um they have considered it uh possibly starting oh boy oh go in that game i was oh, like go G-O. yeah 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 <laughs> i was like yeah. just go and then yeah, I was like, okay go <laughs> Um, <laughs> that's Wikipedia just says for years active it just says a uh, Zhao or Chow whatever it is the Zhao Dynasty. It's yeah, just... <laughs> yeah. I mean, twenty five hundred years ago yeah. is when they um do you believe th- to have seen it? Like, is Go, is Go related to Othello? 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 Yeah. No. Okay. I don't know. I've never heard. <laughs> do you guys think these people know when they made these games that that people would be playing them? Well, Three, four thousand years yeah. later. <laughs> I mean the the important thing to remember is that these games would have been um, drastically different than what we understand today because they're it wouldn't have been like published in the same kind of way. <clears throat> a no. lot of these games would have just been, hey, I have a bunch of rocks that are different colors, and I place them in different. <laughs> You know, in a line, and the rules would have been uh, basically everywhere. Everyone would have had house rules. Mm. Um, uh, Obviously, that's different culture to culture. I mean, the the ancient Egyptians had a game. um, I'm blanking on the name of it. Um, It's like Egypt. Set it. Set it. it, I think it. Something like that. Settlers of Mm. Qatar. No. Um, But it it was a game that changed its meaning over time from being a... It was a strategy game uh, where you played against another person. Um, I believe it was sort of chess-like where you moved pieces across the board. Mm. Um, But over time, it started to take on spiritual significance where if you were a good... Uh, I'm just going to keep calling it set it and whatever it is. Um, It took on spiritual significance where it was like, okay, if you're good at the game, you're going to have a great afterlife. If you're terrible at the game, you're going to have a horrible afterlife. (laughs) That was a a bad way to live. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Poor people who are bad at games. Oh, man. What, what, What would be the equivalent of that today? I really... For real, like what? What game do you think today would be like? If you're not good at this, you're probably you're gonna suck in the afterlife. No, you're not gonna do too well. Like, you, you can know? go ironically and say life. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> Which is life is an interesting game. It's yeah, it's an interesting game. It's an interesting. So game. let's actually like, break into the topic of. <clears throat> our topic yeah. today, which is why these classics are both great and bad. Yes, um, and <clears throat> I, I feel like we can definitely look at specific games like Life and, of course, Monopoly, Monopoly um, <laughs> and different and different games of that nature. Uh, I do want to look at why, as as an overall, uh, for both of those sides, 
first off, instead of just like, here's why life is good and bad. Um, I, 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 the, so let's focus on the good, the good side of classic games and why they are good. So for me, and this kind of goes into one of my points, uh, that's what I grew up with. That's what my parents knew because that's what they grew up with. So they translate it to, oh, well, I loved this game when I was a kid. I bet he loved this game game as a kid. And it, it turned into me having, like, the first game that I remember playing was Monopoly Jr. Hmm. Because that was, oh, well, Monopoly's fun. And, well, he's little, so he's not going to fully get it. Okay, we'll just give him Monopoly Jr., which is great. <laughs> It's the best version a, a, of Monopoly. A simple curious. Monopoly. Um, very, it's just a very simplified Monopoly. I think I might like that better than Monopoly. You probably would, I honestly. probably would. Um, because it's a different way to play Monopoly, and that's what makes Monopoly better. <laughs> yes, playing Monopoly but, the normal way sucks, <laughs> and that was the point of the game. Anyway. But, uh, but you know, you grew up with these different games like I grew up with, uh, and even the little what games that are considered the little kid games, Candyland that have been Candyland, Mousetrap, Shoots and Ladders, Kerplunk. Like I, I had all these Kerplunk. games. I loved yes. these games as a kid. I love the idea of Kerplunk. It was, it's so, it's to me satisfying. That's, that's what I'll play when Jenga makes me stress out and like yeah. get angry. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, uh, <but laughs> if I could like piggyback off your your idea. Um, there is definitely that that significance of um, playability of all of these games. Yeah. Monopoly, it's while there's a lot of technicalities with the game, and there's lots of hidden rules, and I could go on and on about how stupid the game is, but uh, I'll digress and say the point of the game is very simple. You, you buy properties, you make your friends sad by making them pay money. The whole point is just you want your money pile to be bigger than your friend's money's mm-hmm. pile. How you do that, you you just go and you do stuff. Yeah. And the game kind of happens. You roll the dice and um, actually, let, let's actually break that down a little bit. With, with a lot of these old classic games, the main determining factor for how your turn goes... Uh, very unprofessional. Uh, <laughs> uh, phone going off in the middle of this. Um, so, the main determining factor for how your game, how your turn progresses, is after a dice roll. Yes. In life, in Monopoly, in trouble, in uh, sorry, sorry, in risk. Technically, risk. Kind of. It's a half and half. Yeah, risk, it, but it is still down. Yeah, like I, yeah. the first game but, of risk I played, I won because I just had stupid lucky dice yeah, rolls. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about chess and checkers and backgammon? Yes. Well, I mean, yeah, uh, I mean, of course. Hold on on that. Hold on on that. Um, <laughs> well, naturally, actually, no backgammon. There's. Yeah. Do you roll dice in backgammon? I, uh, I, I don't. know. I haven't played yes. backgammon. Tic tac toe. Um, <laughs> Do <okay>. I play? <laughs> so I, I will say, for those games, for the that whole category of games the reason that they are successful is that you start your turn what do you do you roll dice mm-hmm. it is a very very straightforward 
this is what you do. Your turn yeah. is simple in the sense of you roll your dice and you do what the cards say. Yep. Um, and actually, if we want to look at chess and checkers, in chess and checkers, when you start your turn, you choose a piece and you move it. And that's the whole thing. That's that's your turn. There's a lot of complexity with that. Naturally, yeah. But it's it's boiled down to, okay, I have all my pieces. I have choices, you know, lots of choices on what to do. But I just have to make one choice. That's it. Um, but then with, yeah. with Life and Monopoly and those kind of games, it's, okay, I'm starting off my turn i roll the dice Mm -hmm. and the dice determine what proceeds after that but as a kid it's very simple to understand exactly hey yes okay it's my turn grab dice throw them add the numbers (laughs) up do what the cards say yeah no that that's and for me that goes into the good of it because you're an adult i don't know why i'm holding uh you go into when you're an adult showing a kid how to play board games it's easier to grab those games yeah you know and even the ones like i said that are more child oriented that i grew up with but that's the catch right there is child oriented those games are more looked at as for kids family games for kids family games for kids stuff like that whereas you know chess is you have like the father and the grandfather are going to sit down and play a game of chess for an hour and a half and it's very intense and you're thinking and you're like plotting and planning out what you're doing and this and that whereas like Parcheesi I've been bored home alone and played a full four player game of Parcheesi by myself because it wasted time and I it don't was think I've okay. It's you roll dice and you move around and eventually someone wins. It's like same sorry. with a same with a Oh wait, no, I have played Parcheesi. Okay. I, yeah. I have, I and have. same with a and this is a weird uh classic game, uh Uncle Wiggly. <laughs> yes. Which okay. <laughs> I have back back home uh in Maryland. But it's another you just roll the dice. No, no, that's not even rolling a dice. That's just you draw the card that tells you how many spaces you move, and mm. then you move that many spaces. And sometimes the space will be like, ah, uh, the crazy crocodile chases you. Move back three spaces, and you go, so, oh, darn it, and then you move some more. But there's you don't think. You don't try. It's just you play, which is great for introducing kids. But almost going into the bad side when you grow up and you only play those basic games and except for occasionally playing checkers or chess or something like that it's sort of oh games are for kids yeah. or so until you start one random person owns sellers of Catan and it's like oh what is this oh i like this a lot and then yeah you slowly get introduced to though <laughs> the classic games many of the classic games don't age well yes. in that as you age you realize how simple they are and how, um, I guess, uninteresting yeah. it is, how little choice you have. 
Sorry, what I was going to say is I, I think the way to get around this is by redesigning them. You think about like Monopoly, for instance. And I would never sit down, really, and eagerly play a normal, original version game of Monopoly. Mm-hmm. But if it was like Monopoly Go or Monopoly Junior or like the one I have, Lord of the Rings, Monopoly. It's like, oh, this is new and cool, so I'll play that. Yeah. And so what I'm saying is like these classic games that I think you are right are kind of old and outdated and I don't really connect with people as much anymore. Part of me wonders if it's because they've been around for so long. Yeah. It's it's not that the game itself is necessarily a bad game, but that in the grand scheme of board games, as time has gone on, people have realized there's way more creative ways to play board games. Yes. Yeah, and which is unfortunate because I, now that I'm thinking about it, I want to say that I assume that there are games that are old that are really well done games and really good games. I mean, there, there's, um, once again, going back to uh, my home planet, uh, boardgamegeek.com, looking at their uh, list of board, because like, they have a user rating system and also like a mod rating system for games. And, you know, of course, like all the top games are new games. Like Gloomhaven is number one. Mm-hmm. Gloomhaven's mm-hmm. number one. And looking at all the games, they're all pretty new. Uh, the oldest one is like that you see for a while is uh, I think it's number yeah number twenty six. Uh, Puerto Rico is the name of the game. It's two thousand two, hmm. and that's the oldest game you see for a while. But then you go a little bit farther down, and you do end up seeing. I just gotta find it because I know it's here because it caught my eye last night when I was uh, researching a little bit. Uh, El Grande, which is 1995, so we're getting a little bit older. But then mm. Crocodile, however that's pronounced, and I've seen this played, and there's professional people that play this. It's from 1876, oh, wow. and it's ranked number 68 hmm. on the list of Top 19,000 whatever some board mm. games. You know, you do make a really good point. You Which at, also, uh, just to add a little interjection there, the game that's very last is Tic Tac Toe. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> that cracks me up. <laughs> but like, you, you do make a good point there that, you know, 50 years from now, it is very unlikely that people are going to know the games like Scythe or Pandemic or yeah. Battlestar Galactica, which are all like fantastic games. But unless you're like super into the field of board games, you're not going to know about it because it's just not something that the average person grasps or likes. So what we may be looking at with games like Life that was made in 1860 was that that was just the game everyone loved and that there were tons of other more brilliant mm-hmm. games, but only people who really loved parlor games and board games yeah. were the ones that knew about them. Also, it's a game that has been updated over time yeah. and that's helped it a yes. lot which you see with Monopoly and that and even Risk and yeah. Uno because well Uno they, before they were owned by Hasbro it was a game that came out in 1971 hmm. but then Hasbro bought it in like the 90s or something and then it just became the Uno we all know and love uh, or whatever but card yeah. games have seen a similar thing too it's like everything for the most used, part yeah like everything used yeah. to be based on the normal 52 card deck and now over time, you've had all these different card games come out as their own little unique packs and yeah. rules and explanations. And yeah, I think uh, we've seen a lot of uh, revolutions with uh, games in general, board games and uh, card games. And I mean, recently, 
there's just been a massive explosion of new games yeah um it, it's almost uh the <clears throat> same kind of thing with like video games where you have all the indie all of the indie games that are yep. coming out just just thousands upon thousands of games that are just too many for you to possibly actually play which kind of stinks because you gotta know okay what they come up with a thousand games a year or whatever you have to know there's a lot of really good games that you're just never aware yep. of yeah and there's also a lot of trash that you have to sift through. Yep. Like uh, the Justin Bieber board game. <laughs> yes. Now that's a classic. <laughs> yeah, so we you have things like that where it's just like, uh, what? Um, yeah. Okay, that's a game that is almost unworthy of the title. Um, but the, the thing, if we're coming back to our main point, which is why are these games both great and awful um i think that we can kind of narrow it down to two things they're they're simple yes I, i'm i said two things one thing they're simple <laughs> but there are two, two sub points simple yes simple <laughs> like me um <clears throat> so there there are two sides to that it's simple uh. which means it, it's adaptable Mass appeal. Yes. Um, and, and it can withstand the test of time because over time you can change the rules and nobody knows because that's just what happens. Yeah. So, for example, let's take a look at Shoots and Ladders. Shoots and Ladders begin in India as, you know, Snakes and Ladders. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah, Snakes and Ladders. And okay, that's the way I knew it was Snakes and Ladders. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Until Hasbro... You know, and four kids. Uh, Eels and escalators. <laughs> kids can't have snakes. It's too <laughs> scary. Anyway, um, you might know this, you might not, but there <coughs> there is no agency in in shoots and ladders. You have no choice in what happens in the game. You are one hundred percent up to yep. the dice roll, which originally. That was literally a spiritual thing in India of you are given the lot that you're given. You are up to fate. It is up to fate on on your life. And over time, the those things changed. And the, and the names of the shoots and ladders have changed over the years up to the present day where there are no names. But in India... Uh, there was spiritual significance to the number of shoots and ladders because they were uh, tied to virtues, the mm. virtues of uh, becoming more uh, more holy. Uh, the 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 idea of karma—that's the word I'm looking mm. for. The karma, things that gain you karma and things that lose you karma, and over time. Uh, it changed such as when it moved to England when those those things in India that were uh, virtues and vices now in England they went off of Christianity and the vices and virtues and so they renamed the shoots and ladders the, the snakes and ladders to 
things that were virtues and vices in the Christian perspective. Hmm. Um, along with changing the numbers of those. Yeah. Depending on, you know, the, the number of sins. I believe there was at one point one where it was like you, you had the seven deadly sins um, and then the uh, 13 virtues. Um, hmm. 13 gifts of the spirit. See, this is interesting because, I mean, this opens up a, just the whole discussion of ethics and morality and like Socrates' vices yes. and virtues. <clears throat> yes, um, which a lot of old games were teaching tools. We have to we have to remember that like yes, games were done for fun. Obviously, you know, we had in the Bible they talk about casting lots. You know, mm -hmm. which was legitimate thing in Greek uh, Greco Roman culture of hey, let's leave it up to the gods. Yeah, um, but you know we found um, uh, sheep knuckle bones used as dice eons ago. I mean, just as long as man has been around, we've been trying to do games. You know, we, mm -hmm. we've had implements of <clears throat> casting the bones, not just for divination, but because we get bored <laughs> as human beings. Yeah. So we play bored games. Hey. What? Okay. Yeah. Here's a question for you guys. If you had one classic game that you would be able to redesign, hmm. what would it be, the game, and like what would you change about it that would make it, in your way, like playable or enjoyable? Just because I... I it's it's the only game that i've tried that's a little bit too complex for me which is kind of funny uh based on like what we've been talking about um access and allies <laughs> mm. making it easier <laughs> to understand and that's just like i said that and you know like i really like strategy games but yeah I, for some reason access and allies is just one step too far for mm. me and that is an old game like that is a classic game because i uh, Luke, who owns it, or like their family owns it, they own like a old copy of it. Hmm. Um, that and I don't know how any of the new versions of it look compared to the old version, but I don't know. That was one that that's one that is very for me. But as far as like classic games and changing them, I I want to think that there is a way to change Clue. I'm so glad you brought up Clue. I really like Clue. I we for there was a period of my there was a three month period of my life where like we took Clue so serious. Like we all we approached that game with pen and paper in hand, ready to write down every possibility, everything until we had we deduced like ten turns before we should have what was in the little packet. Oh yeah, that's that's the way to play. It's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Super great. And that's a really good... I mean, that game was 1939 is when that game was made. Okay, yeah. And that... Which is... You know, and that's that's one that gets into more of that in-between area of games where, like, that's not... It is a kid's game, but, like, that's easily enjoyable by any adult, I think, is Clue. For the most part. For the most part. Because it's a little bit more like it's the game about well, like who killed the guy yeah because or whatever it, when you roll the dice you have choices as soon as you yes. roll the dice 
you you have a choice you have to plan ahead yeah um your choice isn't made for you like those other games Mm -hmm. that's that's a key point you know there are certain games where it's you roll the dice and then you are forced to follow what the dice say and then there are other games where you roll a dice and then you are given options and monopoly like full-blown monopoly is sort of like that not that it's good or bad but i'm just saying it's bad (laughs) you have you have options (laughs) You know, you can choose yeah. to buy this land or not, or, you know, rent it, or mortgage, yeah, or, or, you know. Or auction Yeah, it. but they're not... What? Uh, I'm not saying I like it, I'm just no, saying that... No, I know, that... but, like, I, I don't know, but that, like, that's, like, I don't know, the choice, the choices in Monopoly are still, you have to continue on with whatever you're doing. If you're playing by official Monopoly rules, it's like, okay, you land... Because isn't auctioning official Mandatory. rules... It's man. It's mandatory when you land on a space and you don't buy it, and nobody has bought it yet. It goes to auction. Period. End of subject. I will totally say I only play Monopoly with a buttload of house rules. Oh, of course. And yeah, I only because... really play Lord of the Rings Monopoly because one of the dice sides is the one ring. Yeah. And once it makes it to Mount Doom, the game's done. The game is done. Yeah. It doesn't go on for eight hours. Yeah. You don't play it for two days straight. <laughs> How many times are we going to go back to Monopoly? Until we've about. beaten the dead horse enough. <laughs> Until it's pulverized. It's just gone. <laughs> what happened to it? Um, yeah, well, okay. I guess while we're here with Monopoly... Um, this is what you would change? Well, okay. It's everything. I, Take I, game, I, throw it I think I've I think I've told you about this game before, but there is a game called Fortune Street. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is a oh, yeah. Mario title. Um, and it is Monopoly, except there are a few key differences. One of them, you play as Marty, Mario characters, which just instantly makes the game a thousand times better. Um, well, honestly, Super Mario <laughs> Party is sort of a weird... Sort of. But here's here's the thing with, with Fortune Street, is that there are a few super cool things that they do. One of them, the board uh, designs... Are not just the normal circle um, or square, whatever. It the loop. Um, <laughs> they Dash. have they have a bunch of different board styles. Then they have you have to essentially go to all locations before returning to go in order to get your money. Hmm. So yes, it still forces you to go around if you want that bonus, but you could totally one hundred percent choose not to get that bonus. And sometimes it is super beneficial to do that. Essentially, there are a lot of choices to be made. And one of the key things is that there are no houses and... Um, hotels. Hotels. Instead, you basically put money into a property. When you purchase a property, you put money into it, and that property's value goes up just incrementally so it's like oh i've put ten dollars into it the cost of rent now is two dollars more so the the upgrading is a bit more streamlined yes because it's you know a video game they can do that yeah um but they put caps on how much you can upgrade a property until you've bought all of the properties in a set Mm. So it's like, okay, I need to purchase all three properties. But then once you purchase all three properties, you can just start massively pumping up those properties. Well, I hate to say this. That's Monopoly, though. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. But the the way that it happens is much more streamlined, mm. which is super important. And the way you win is your net worth. You don't win by grinding everybody into the ground. You win by becoming the richest person around. See, the thing is, that game is actually running off a, like a, a balanced capitalistic idea, whereas Monopoly started off as an educational game showing the dangers of yes, just free-running, unhindered capitalism and its creation of monopolies. Like, it was yes. actually teaching me the dangers <laughs> of monopolies. Yes, I know. Yeah, yes. See, uh, with Monopoly... I would I would change the rules essentially to change the win condition. Got it. Yeah. You know, take take that win con of grinding everybody into the ground and just chuck it out the window. And like just that. re rewrite it on a net worth. Something like that. Some some way of um giving opportunities like what you have to do is I don't know build a hotel but building a hotel is much more difficult yeah um make it so that you know you win by getting all the properties in an area and then developing them fully creating a monopoly there honestly in many ways you could take it so it's like look you buy the property but then you know you have a a list of like life achievements that you can strive for that aren't necessarily connected To the properties in simply building a house or a hotel. And and one of the things is uh, having cards that force players to have to sell properties. Because I've played with people who just hold on to one of like every single property on the map. Of like one of each of the places. And it sucks. It's, <laughs> it's the worst to play with people like that. Because it's like, Wow you you're playing in the correct manner and it <laughs> sucks i think that's the main issue with monopoly is that no one likes being pulverized into the ground it's like sorry i took your money your house your clothes your shoes i took everything it, no one likes that it's a, it's a runaway positive feedback loop yeah. of of winning once mm. you start taking the lead you've won you know, it's it's just yeah, most of the time, yeah. It's mm. just you are going to win. There is no there is no chance. Like typically, in my experience, the winner of Monopoly is determined about twenty minutes into the game. It's just which is usually determined by how well they roll. Yes, because it's like, which oh, is a wow. chance thing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's <laughs> yeah. it's the chance, and obviously there's a lot of strategy to it, and like I'm not going to to say that monopoly is all about chance and yeah. it's all about that stuff but it's many times when you are looking at monopoly and you're and you're playing it correctly you realize that okay all of this is just the way the most beneficial way to play the game is the least fun way to play it which is just being as cutthroat, dirty, conniving, and and just like 
there's no there's no chance for grace or camaraderie. Mm-hmm. Like every single person around that table, there there is no chance to work together with another person. That's why this is destroyed families. Yes, exactly. But think about think about settlers. Well, I think this about settlers. The Monopoly episode. <laughs> it, it was bound to be okay. Um, you said board games, and that was the end of it. Uh, I, I know that there was one topic yeah. about one Monopoly of the sucks. one of the one of the potential categories was just Monopoly sucks because I was like I know that we could have a good discussion about Monopoly yeah. for an hour. Um, but the when with that whole thing, I'll I'll kind of end with <clears> this thought is that. The biggest problem with Monopoly is its win condition and the optimal way of play. Hmm. The win condition obviously makes the optimal way of play. And all the all the rules and everything just kind of streamline this idea. But it's just so unfun to be sitting there and looking at the four people or however many people around the table and you're just like i'm going to steal all of your money and i know that there is zero chance any of you are going to help me out whatsoever because there is no reason to there is zero zero reason to help out another person it is never beneficial unlike settlers where there's a lot of really good reasons to trade cards yeah i just want settlers to be more complex which is why you get the expansions. Because yeah. like I said, because you know how I, I, for a while I've been very, um, which by the way, going back to our topic of this episode, uh, just as a quick question to throw out there, would you consider Catan a classic? Yes or no? Absolutely. It is you getting, say yes. It is getting there. Which will go into that later on near the end of the episode because i have a final question i want to cover there as well but uh no that that's one where i've been very because as soon as i came to pennsylvania that's when it was like hey everyone plays settlers of Catan, Catan, whatever all the time and it's just like this is the best game that's ever been made in the history of mankind and i'm like it's not though (laughs) it's fun but, like, I was very, eh. I've played the Seafarers expansion, and I highly recommend the Seafarers expansion because that added an element to it that I enjoyed. Especially the one, it gives you, like, three different setups that you can do, plus the gold field, which is such a nice... Hmm. It's a basically one tile that is you choose what you get from the tile. It's just a, it's a wild card tile, which I love. But it was the fog setup, which is... Mm, you, you don't know what the tile tra- setup is. The whole middle section of tiles are just unknown. And that's where the gold fields lie. The, I think there's another desert that lies in there. Um, a couple other different things, which I think is really cool. And then to top that off, playing your custom yes. version of playing Ooh. with two uh, 12-sided dice instead of six-sided dice... And choosing one. And choosing one and everything else that goes with that is, I think, the cold. Like, that has, I, I we could right now play a game of Catan. Do you, do you know why? Because you roll the dice and you have agency. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> That's very true. But, uh, yes, <clears throat> the, the idea of Settlers, it does have that freedom to change the rules. Mm-hmm. Um, I've actually probably played 
settlers more with adapted rule sets than I have classic settlers. Yeah. Um, because I've played, I've played it, obviously with the two twelve sided dice because I just I love that version. Oh, uh, fully explain that. Oh, as well. Oh yes, uh, <clears throat> two twelve sided dice. You roll two twelve sided dice at the beginning of your turn instead of the two six sided dice. And then, after you've rolled the two 12-sided dice, you choose one of them as the one that activates. That means the probability of the tiles, it changes. They're equal, then. They're, they're equal. Which they're is, equal. I love that. <laughs> but here's the, here's the catch, is that the probability of it being chosen changes throughout the game along with the setup. Let's say bunch of people put uh towns right on uh two now two becomes super super popular and maybe nobody's on seven you're the only person on seven that means you are the only person who wants seven to be rolled use a different number (laughs) uh six (laughs) six sorry i want to roll a seven I want the robbers all the time, <laughs> uh, which is also a thing because the other one, one, uh, one and seven. when you roll one, that's also robber. So yeah, which you can choose, you can choose, but to you do could the be that guy that is like, well, we're gonna go with the seven. Yeah, and sometimes <laughs> it's like, I like, hey, a lot. I'm gonna remove this robber from you, but you're gonna give me a favor- favorable trade now. You know, there's there's so much more politics. Yeah. <clears throat> Which You're is nice. At, and, yeah. could, and another thing that makes Catan good is the <laughs> fact of, like, yeah, there is one way to win. You get 10 victory points. Or the expansion, you get 12. Um, but there's different ways to do that. It's not just a simple point A to point B. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, you can go for the largest army. You can go for the longest road. You can go for, like, upgrading to your cities. Just expanding, yeah. like, different stuff like that. Maybe that that's really what, what Monopoly's missing, is that the win condition is all about beating your opponents to a pulp. Yeah. But if you said, hey with monopoly you gain it's like first to 30 points wins you gain uh one point for every house um one point one point per property uh two points per prop per uh hotel you could do uh one point for every like certain amount of money that you have yeah exactly to incorporate the way that monopoly already is so that way exactly it's like every like Every thousand dollars you have is another victory point or something. Exactly. Something like that. And that, I think, really shows you the power of games like Battlestar Galactica and Pandemic, where they have so many... Technically, there's only really one way to win, but there's also, like, three, four ways to lose. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that's that's another thing, is that is that uh, loss scale. Yeah. The scale of loss in yeah. games. In something like settlers of Catan. when you have a so we had full uh technical difficulties we lost literally almost 20 minutes of footage and that's okay because we're still in uh end time anyways footage it's footage unless we're in the end times or none of this is real birds aren't real uh Uh, so (laughs) uh yeah we were talking about 4x stuff and like great content and then we weren't yeah um basically <laughs> moral of that of the 20 minutes uh, monopoly is still bad so yeah. <laughs> uh, surprise so we're gonna i'm gonna ask one final question 
and sort of get like an overall input. Um, I'm pretty sure we all have one of the answers for this input. <coughs> and that's going to be uh, what current slash modern board games do you guys think will potentially be future mm. classic games? And of course, I, I'm pretty sure we all agree on Settlers of Catan. Yeah, because absolutely. that's. I don't consider that a classic. I consider it a future classic because it's yes. a little bit yeah. too new for my personal spectrum. Um, but other than that, you know, I wonder will the party games be classic board games? Like, will Super Fight or any of those kind of like little things like that or Exploding Kittens? I was just thinking about yeah. that. Exploding Kittens has reached, and I know you don't like the game. No, 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 no. I'm okay with the you. Know, like the oh, I hate the art style. Yeah, Got it. but the game is fun itself. Yes, the game has reached a level of popularity where it's people have heard of it. Not, I wouldn't say everyone's oh, yeah. played of it or played it, but played of it. <laughs> enough people have heard of it. I could see it becoming yeah something that's like, hey, you know what? We should play an oldie. Exploding kittens. <laughs> um, okay, so oh, I have another answer to it. Here, here. I have another answer. Okay me sad what do you consider apples to apples a newer game yeah i do okay because uh, yeah it is uh, darn it i i forgot it well that's in the same vein as the game that i thought of because what was the game that you thought of game i thought of unfortunately because you both know how i feel about that game yeah cards against humanity. cards against humanity um that is the adult yeah. classic that is the adult future classic game is going to be that. you know actually though i think that this is that's kind of a cultural thing that is slightly subsiding um cards against humanity had its heyday for our generation it did yes but yeah. uh here's here's kind of the thing though our humor and what we thought of as really funny the younger generation doesn't true and that's a that's a big thing because cards against humanity is based on our humor or i should say uh kind of millennial humor um yeah it's it's millennial dark humor it's late millennial dark humor yeah and that is not the gen z and um uh, what what's the Millennium. zoomers yeah yeah the the zoomer and gen z generation they don't find the same things that we do funny some of them do but uh, for the most the part cultural like i i yeah. don't i don't see younger people thinking cards against humanity is super funny like they just they just won't yeah um the humor just doesn't last whereas apples to apples you kind of make it what it is it's very much the people make the game Quelph <sighs> it's interesting you would mention that because that's another game that has so many cousins yeah 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 and I think because of that yeah and it may not be Quelph it may be Cranium and it may be like different mm -hmm. versions but absolutely, someone's going to be one of those types of games will continue on. I mean, Quelph is a, a party oddity, I'll call it. Yeah. It's like half oh, the people who Cranium's play... Oh, Cranium is a classic. That's 1957. 
Is it really? Wow. The original cranium uh, was created by Witt Alexander and Richard Tate in 1957. Hmm. Who knew? Yeah. So, yeah. Well, then, would you consider Quelph then the cousin. by its yeah. cousin that, status? It's kind of like... Uh, or did Quelph come first? This is the best example I can think of. So, and this, I know this is the weird, like, outside thing, but Jackbox. Quiplash is always the one that everyone goes to for Jackbox. Like, yeah, let's just sit, let's just have a fun game of Quiplash. Well, not Quiplash, but Fibbage, which is another one that's a little bit more of like, you're just making up words for things, Mm. or you're making up definitions. That's literally what Balderdash is. Yeah, and which is a classic, and I, that was the first time I ever played a game like that was Balderdash. And the people I played with, it was the funnest thing ever because like we're all dumb, so we're making up dumb words and dumb. Playing with Nick Ventresca like is fantastic. I I believe it. <laughs> Very first night at LBC, played really? with Nick Ventresca, and it was amazing. Hmm. Uh, what I was just thinking about was uh, not exploding kittens. We already mentioned that one. Uh, code names. Yes, You're right. That's fair. I a think actually, though, that. that one is older than we think it is. Oh, really? I think so. Time to give Google a look. Uh, code names was uh, no, 2015. Was it really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's yeah. only five years old. Yeah, no. It's a 2015 card game uh, designed by Vlada. Uh, Shavadal and published by Ch- uh, Czech Games Edition. Yeah, it's a Czech thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I think but I think you're I right. Agree. I agree. It yeah. could be you, depending on how you want to define it. D and D five E. It's gone on for a while. Five E's been the edition for a long time. Like I, I, I'm, I would not be surprised if like this year or next year it's like working on six guys and so okay because <laughs> it, it has been well because I, I don't know how long fourth was out but i mean fourth spawned pathfinder yeah um i would be tempted to say uh super fight except i have noticed in myself it doesn't have a longevity yes yeah it's like yeah. oh you did it for two okay we're let's just move, let's move on yeah you know it's yeah. only so long before you can be like well that was yeah <laughs> yeah yeah no I, I agree with that and uh, th- another thing that i think of that i don't know if we even can classify this because like i know i said like board games kind of just is like an overall blanket but what do you do with collectible card games i thought this was coming and i was thinking because, about this like the two big ones that i think the big three that i think are magic pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh, which are literally spawned off of each other and, and i think gone on for a long time uh now. pokemon and uh magic are both owned by wizards of the coast pokemon is there? Uh, uh yeah i don't know They were owned by Wizards of the Coast. They were owned by Wizards uh, from 98 to 2003. Their parent organizations are... And then there was their own company, the Pokemon Company International. Oh, okay. Yeah, but it was. Also, I've been struggling in my mind that Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast are 
Like Hasbro owns Wizard yes. of the Coast. Yes, Hasbro owns Wizard of the Coast. Because I kept seeing Magic show up on like Hasbro lists, and I was yeah. like, but, but... I know. But Wizard. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I mean, technically um, speaking, Nintendo owns Pokemon. I mean, technically. Yeah, but... Yeah. But yeah. Um, so... As far as card publishers. Yeah. Yeah. So, I think... But yeah. Here, here's the thing. Those three games are the ones that have lasted. Um, though you can argue that Yu-Gi-Oh has not really lasted, and the Pokemon trading card game is always at the mercy of the um, you know, mercy of the video games. You know. Yeah, yeah, and, they, and, and I, I feel like a lot more people just. With Pokemon, I feel like a lot more people just collect than play. And those who play... I'll I'll say this. Both the Pokemon trading card game and Yu-Gi-Oh! are not balanced games. They both have very easy turn one wins, turn two wins. It is not a game that is fun to watch or strategize with there are a few fixed strategies because there are just broken cards yeah and they have zero wish to unbreak their game i will fully admit and people may hate me for this very fact but between the three of them i honestly feel like Yu-Gi-Oh and pokemon are trying to sell something else and that they're more of like a byproduct yes whereas magic is a legitimately fully developed universe world game oh yeah yes and that's because it is well yeah I, um, yeah. You, yeah well i mean because you're not gonna see why well, uh, maybe i don't know i think this has happened before but you're not gonna see a company make a card and then realize that card is broken and then just say it's not tournament legal like i feel like that's not gonna happen with pokemon yeah, like that's uh, not gonna happen with the Yu-Gi-Oh. I know, I know that those things do happen. Yeah, um, they like there are cards which are banned in those things in competitive play. The problem is competitive play is so stifled that it's so like the 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 difficulty to enter the game at a competitive level is so steep yeah. and it's so boring. That there's almost no reason to. Yeah. It's like you just search up the best decks and you buy the best decks and the period end of subject, you're gonna win. Yeah. Whereas with magic, um yes, there are top tier winning decks, and there are decks that you could get as a new player and you'd probably kick my butt even though I'm a super seasoned player. Yeah. Because the decks are just that good. However, without knowing exactly how to play the deck and without the strategy behind it, you're going to lose way more often than you should be because I just outplay you. Yes. Betrayal at the House on the Hill. No. I I was thinking that. A lot of people don't like that game. It, it, It spawns a lot of hate just as much as it does a lot of love, you're right. And I, I get it. I've had it. So uh, Tori's cousin, Eric, who's a son of the really cool board game aunt and uncle. 
uh, it came up. The, it, it was right after we played it at your house, actually. Uh, it came up because we went over there for something. Um, I think just for dinner. Because, yeah, because that was before she was going back to New Hampshire for uh, relative uh, graduation. But I had a bit of a conversation with Eric. Um, and well, he he literally approached us to, like, okay, why do you like the game? And it was like, well, and for me, it's, you know, the the idea behind the game, the fact that it's, it's as mm-hmm. random as possible which I enjoy. Like, I know there is a, a, almost a simplicity can go into a random aspect of it, but that game has, like, here's a layer of random with the dice roll. Here's a layer of random with the tile you're going to pull for the room. Yeah. Here's a layer of random <laughs> with, uh, like, what specific items. card you're going to draw for the omen. The here's items, the omens. Or, yeah, like, here's the exact um, new haunt that you're going to do because these all other things lined up this specific way, which then, you know, you either get times when it's super, like like when we were playing, we, you, because you were like the super, like, invincible strong man. Yeah. And all you had to do was kill someone, take their body, throw it over the side of the bridge. Yeah, and it just it was... so happened that the bridge that you had to do that was right next to where everyone else was with the one thing that can stop you. But ours took like six turns to stop you. Whereas for you, it was just, I go here, I throw them over, I win. And we didn't know that. So to us, it's like, oh, we've got you cornered. Like, you're an idiot. We've lured you down here. We're just going to beat you to death with this weird statue. When in reality, it was like, yeah, you're hitting me, but I just won. And it's like, well, and I think the fact that it was, you know, when you reach that phase that, is like okay the the one person goes in the other room and they're reading up on their side of the rules and we're reading our side of the rules it's all like ooh what, like you know this is going to be real cool it's going to be real exciting and then it can end in like 10 minutes i get why it's bad in that sense i love the fact of the randomness of it i love how so many factors go into play when you play it but <clears throat> the fact that it's more than likely going to be one sided at the end is what kills it and that's why a lot of people don't like it and that's why it's actually very on board game geek, it's very low on their rating. <clears throat> Excuse me, not, not like near the bottom, but it's pretty low for you know a modern game that a lot of people like. Fast forward seventy five years, it'll be the Doom Monopoly. <laughs> no, the end game yeah. is the worst. Yeah, I mean the, the the one of the things is that that win condition of the game you don't even know it until halfway yeah. through the game. No, I, I actually do understand what you're saying there, Abe. I think it makes a lot of sense. Um, I've often found it's like, yeah, you've been building it for so long. And then the game ends like that. Yeah. And it, it can be very anticlimactic. <clears throat> very rarely have I seen it continue to escalate into something that was like, like flipping awesome. It was like, yeah. that was the most amazing game ever. Yeah. I've played, like, you know, I've played it probably 15 times. It's probably happened once or twice. And yeah but i also just i do love the extreme replayability yeah it's like no game is the same one yeah so you've played you know 200 times or whatever i think i think <laughs> the i think part of what makes it great is the same thing that like makes D great is the fact that when you enter and you do these things there's there are a huge number of things uh, the amount of choice that you have, the agency that you have throughout the game is massive. Yeah. You know, 
oh, do I find a new room here? Do I find a new room there? You know, every action you take drastically, drastically changes how it's going to be. Um, I think that the omen system should allow more time for exploration. I think that that game would benefit immensely from allowing the mansion to be far, far more filled out. But see, yeah. here's the thing, is sometimes having a mansion that is not well-discovered benefits the players, and sometimes having a mansion that is really well-discovered benefits the players, well, depending upon the, the haunt. I, th- I think that that should have been something that they considered when making the game of, we expect the mansion to be very fleshed out. Um, you know, make the the haunt level just much higher so essentially basically the the amount of dice that you have to roll in order for the the haunt to start make that harder to do so well, i mean honestly you could, again this is something that can be fixed house, by house rule house yeah. rules yeah you could just be like look instead of rolling six dice you know you add two to every number and so now you're rolling or whatever the amount is i can't remember yeah you know, but for you're rolling i don't know starting with, like with eight and as you go down you just you could even dice. do something where it's the amount of omens. You know, yeah, you, you yeah. just you grab a certain number of <clears throat> of omens, and when those omens run out, the last <coughs> omen. But you see, know, even that would be completely <clears throat> up to chance because it's how you've shuffled the rooms. Exactly. So you could just run into I don't know. Let's say you say no, no, there has to be like eight, but you can immediately <laughs> hit eight omen rooms depending on how you've shuffled. Yeah. True. That's true. That's true. Uh, but part of it is that sometimes you start and you have zero items and your character is lame. Yeah. And it just feels bad because nobody has anything. Items are very rare, I feel like. That's true. Which is like I get, but at the same time it's eh, like it would I agree. Be more part of the, part of what made like my system so broken is that I was the strongest guy and I got a spear that like increased my yeah. attack and Yeah. I won within three turns. Like it was a. I remember. I remember coming in at the end of the game. Yeah. But oh, yeah. yeah. So I think if we come back to the the question that was asked, um, I don't Ooh. think betrayal is Ooh, going okay. to be considered a classic in those regards. Yeah. In the greater um, mm-hmm. community, I'll say that the cultural impact of that game is not there. No. Yeah. Oh. There's a high awareness. But not a wolf high love. Ticket to ride. Oh yes, but is that not classic? That has to be a classic. I, when was it? When was it released? The original, I don't know. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, that game is old, but no, not the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, the Beatles. She's got. You know, one thing I must express a great love for is there has been a steady increase in the beauty of game art. 2004. Yes. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. No way. Yeah. Well, then, absolutely. Then, absolutely, it's going to be a classic because <laughs> I already thought it was. <laughs> well, there we go. You know what I think will be a classic is Monopoly. It's <laughs> <laughs> <Just> there. <laughs> <clears throat> no, but yeah, I, I would say Ticket to Ride for sure. Um, you know, what's a real is Ticket to Ride Rails and Sales Edition. That is such a good version. I really need to play all these expansions because I just haven't. So I actually never played Ticket to Ride. <laughs> what? 
I own the game and I'm not playing it. Same as Pandemic. Pandemic. We need to play is a commissioned. Game I That's a classic. Pandemic or commissioned. <laughs> I really enjoyed that game. I think it's a great game, but it definitely won't be a classic. Like no. it's got like it'll be a classic in my zero. household. <laughs> you can probably count on the hand, one hand the amount of people who want to play that game. Well, that's a good probably point. Probably who own the game actually. Yeah. Sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But that's and that's the thing that's funny to me is that we're 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 saying like these are the games that are going to be a classic, and then you look at like the website that's hosted and fan like altered by people who like love board games, <clears throat> and these games like aren't that high up on the list. Exactly like we were saying earlier that. Just because, like, the board game lovers, this is, like, their favorite games, yeah. doesn't mean that that's going to be the one that'll continue on. It has yeah, to have exactly. Like, what, is it going to be... What is a game that's from this time that's going to be shown to a child? I, Someone's child in the future is going to play this <laughs> and be like, I love this game, and it's going to kick off their, like, love for board games. I really do think it could be Ticket to Ride. Like, we've already thought that it was a classic. It's been around. Yeah. It's that well-steeped. Yeah. Settlers of Catan could be another one. Yeah. Oh, easily. Oh, easily, yeah. That I would say, like, I would say, it, to me, it's like a tie between those two. And the, th and the thing is, too, that there are other games that are classics that don't fit in that category. Axis and Allies. I, yeah. I No eight-year-old should ever even look at a board game of Axis and Allies. I should, we should, we should say explode. that a lot of these games, um will be classics of the like teen time period yeah. like it's gonna be you're gonna see a lot of youth who are like yeah i play settlers all the time with my family or i play yeah. ticket to ride instead of um saying scrabble. oh i play scrabble or monopoly which it's scrabble scrabble i like scrabble that was sort the of. one that my my mother loved scrabble so when it was like okay let's play board games mom would be like hey we should play scrabble and I'd be like all right but i'm like small kid so it's like yeah you know, adult mom is good at words and small kid is not so it's well yeah cool. this <laughs> may be completely incorrect but in my experience women love playing scrabble way more than men and I'm not, it's, not, I mean, it's not like it's across the board that way, but I just, you know, my wife and her mother and her, my sisters and, you know, these friends that I have that are girls. Actually, and my, across, my like, women, aunt and my grandmother they're just like scrubbed it. And I... Why? What? I don't know. I think, but I I think the, part of it is the, the knowledge of, like, it is not a game that's necessarily about the points. The no, points a, are an added bonus yeah but many yeah. times it's it's really about the conversation around the table which is probably what it's about more it's like it's just a sophistication that's based on relationship yeah whereas settlers you don't you, you really don't get to know the people playing the game unless you intentionally try to yeah. connect with them like you might be able to learn more about them because of their play <laughs> style but you know you don't have a good conversation Speaking of which, your game is in a great example of that. The newest one you bought? This, like, you, it's just kind of designed to... Oh, we're discussion. not really strangers. Not, we're, yeah, we're not really yeah. strangers. That game, which I bought yeah, I heard. after playing 
once with eight. <laughs> really want to play that game. Dude, so what, are you, what are you doing after this? Nothing. Okay, you and me. Cool. Sweet. We'll probably have to go over there. Yes. Yeah. No, right there. Not on my kitchen fridge. table. If we're just quiet, when Anna comes home, she won't know. <laughs> She's walking, walk over to the kitchen, and be like, "What? What?" Either way, she won't be happy. <clears throat> Either way, there, there is good and bad in classic games. Yes, and definitely, it's something where they are classic for a reason, and they're probably going to live on forever as long as you know they keep remaking the same things and you have horseopoly and dogopoly and pokemonopoly yeah. and all the other weird little that is you, you can make your own monopoly board too yeah like fun fact on i the mean online that is a thing which, you know but you know which is why which is probably why suck. that game still exists but you know the classics yeah they're good they're bad at the same time but either way they're classics and in the future when we're all old and even more angry about everything uh, we'll look back and we'll look at the now considered classics that we grew up with and then will we show our kids that and we'll go from there. My kids are definitely playing commissioned. <laughs> <laughs> My one-year-old's going to play Battlestar Galactica with me whether oh, he can breathe or not. Will I you actually, will you actually watch the show before you <laughs> do it though? I'm so mad at seeing the show, I know, but it's such a good game. Which is why you'd love the show. <laughs> That's fair. But either way, uh, thank you for tuning in to uh, the Odium Podium. The Odium Podium. And tune in next time when we talk Odium about Odium uh, something other than board games, probably. Probably not. We'll come back to board games. Let's be no, honest. No, we'll come back to Monopoly. <laughs> yes, Monopoly. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about movies, and there'll be one scene that's just like, and that guy played Monopoly in that scene. And, and here's something I forgot to mention last time we were playing. We were talking about Monopoly. It's gonna come up. And it, it, yeah, it's, probably, it, it is. Let's just be but honest. Anyways, well, <laughs> farewell, Sayonara. Adios. Bye.